Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Hello, and welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Freidenberg, and today we're here with Melissa Joy, co-host together again on a very timely topic this week. Melissa, welcome. Hi there. Glad to be here. Yes, I wish it was under better circumstances. We had a podcast lined up for this week. We're going to push it out. We are recording on Monday, the 13th of March talking about the situation with the recent bank failures. I know it's on everyone's mind. We've had a few calls and just wanted to make sure that our listeners are up to speed on what's going on, kind of what caused the situation, and what better than Melissa Joy to kind of share her insights on the situation. Yeah, I think we can do some ABCs of the safety of cash and talk about what's going on right now and really you know, kind of break down what we know so far. I hope that the outcome of this conversation for many of you who have felt an urgency to be fearful and concerned, hopefully this will be a stress reliever and reduce anxiety. Yes, that is our intention to share kind of what happened, but also why it's not the time to panic. Maybe let's start out, Melissa, if you could just kind of go through sort of what transpired last week that caused this to happen. Sure. There are all sorts of banks in this country, and we are going to be talking about some of the banks that aren't the biggest. They are certainly in the top tier. So Silicon Valley Bank is the biggest headline grabber right now. And last week, they basically, from the outside looking in, um, for most of the last few years, looked very strong in terms of their positioning Um, But the current environment has changed a lot. And that all goes back, I think, primarily to interest rates. It's been a big rocket up for Silicon Valley, you know, tech companies, a lot of healthcare companies, private equity and venture capital. And they were just flying high until interest rates started to rise in order to reduce inflation. (laughs) We're throwing in a lot of Yeah, (laughs) jargony words here. And so last week, the board and the leadership at Silicon Valley Bank said, hey, it would be nice if we had some extra cash on hand. Why don't we sell some more stock? Their stock was trading relatively high. So they had intended to go and sell some stock for some cash. Federal Reserve's talk last week about being more aggressive and potentially raising rates 50 basis points next week the end of March. So that also played into this timing. When word of that came out, it happened to coincide with some instability in a bank that had primarily lent to crypto people. So it was really poorly timed where at the same time as this notification about a stock sale came out, there was also an entity unrelated that was having significant weakness. So then they were like, 
you know what? We take it back, <laughs> which never works that well. Like the communication was poorly written, probably poor, the timing was poor as well. And it's in a very insular, tight-knit community that has some major talking heads, people who are the funders of the startup community who started to call up the companies that they funded and said, hey, just so you know, I just got my money out of Silicon Valley Bank. You should too, because it seems a little unstable there. And so this community, you know, they're not meeting each other at Carline. They're texting each other. They're probably all at South by Southwest this week. They're, you know, meeting up. Um, and so there was a very quick, you know, kind of um, gossip chain that started to go around and companies just started yanking their money. The proliferation of social media since the last time we had a bank failure, which would have been, you know, 08 of that size, social media doesn't help because the traditional, you know, run on banks is not that people need their money and can't get it. It's the idea of I'm going to take my money out in case there's a bank failure and I can't get it. And an interesting stat on Silicon Valley Bank is that 90% of their deposits were above that FDIC insured amount of 250000 So it is larger deposits, not necessarily you and I, but venture capital and businesses mostly were their clientele in in the tech area. Yeah, I, I think it's important to pause here and talk about those FDIC limits. They are how much is insured when you go to deposit at any bank, how much is insured so that you don't have to be worried that there is um, instability in the bank. So at most banking institutions nowadays, you can go and get per type of account $250,000. So if I had five individual accounts and each had 100,000. So there was 500,000. Half of that would be insured. If I had an additional trust account that could provide some insurance or joint account, um, you could get insurance for both. So Melissa, if you and I had a joint account, then we could be insured for 500,000, not 250,000. These numbers have stayed the same. They're not, in, we know what inflation is happening with inflation. They're not linked to inflation. Um, they have changed in the past, but they haven't changed recently. But for an institution, for a corporation, the same rules go. So, you know, I was talking to my mom this weekend and she was asking, you know, well, why were they not being safe with their money? And if you think about it, if you're Etsy, who is named um, as a company that was not going to be able to pay their vendors because their money was tied up at Silicon Valley Bank, well, your payroll would be bigger than 250000 for, you know, every other week. It's not reasonable to expect to go to hundreds of institutions to keep all of that insurance. FDIC insurance, I think, is important. We certainly have conversations with people over time about whether, you know, some things are insured and some aren't. But this in Silicon Valley Bank's instance, because of the nature of who they were lending to and who they catered to, it turned out they had a lot of depositors that did not have FDIC insurance, which which exacerbated that run, right? Exactly. And so that, again, just like with how you're mentioning a lot of these people were talking at the conference and then also social media. And then on top of that, if you are a corporation that it doesn't make sense to spread out your money to have that 250000 at each institution, then obviously that would give you more reason for pause or concern if there's some question of the bank stability. 
So all those things kind of exasperated classic run on banks that occurred. Um, I heard. Yeah. And sometimes those bank runs, you know, historically you could look back at the great depression, people line up outside of the bank and say, give me my money until there's a point in time where there's not cash on hand in 2008 and 2009, the banks that were impacted most, the biggest headlines, it was related to mortgage conditions. In the case of SVB, they had the money. It wasn't put into fraudulent securities that don't exist. They just took undue interest rate risk. They bought mortgages that had been issued at historically low rates, and they bought a lot of them because they were trying to get a little bit more yield than nothing two years ago when we could go and get it under 3%. And now mortgages are 7% or 65 And what happens when interest rates go up and there's new kind of choices that have a higher interest rate is the price of those old mortgages with the lower yield goes way down. And we had a, a historic situation there. So it's not that there was fraud. Um, there was poor management of their balance sheet and their assets. And so every every situation is a little different. But right now, what the market's doing is looking at banks and saying, oh, these guys look a little like they may be under suspicion because of this or that. Silicon Valley-based um, is obviously a big example. Signature Bank caters to the crypto crowd, and they're also um, heavily under pressure. And so this is where we were over the weekend, where the Silicon Valley Bank was closed. And there was a big question about major companies and cap venture capitalists, et cetera, weren't sure whether they would get access to their capital. And then let's talk a little bit about some of the backstops that the Fed has come out with in the mm -hmm. last, gosh, 48 hours now, right? It hasn't been that long to kind of prevent this from happening um, both to other banks and then to ensure that these Silicon Valley Bank depositors do get their money back. Right. So then the SVB was taken over by the FDIC on Friday and over the weekend, Signature Bank followed suit. What you don't want is a, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to these depositors to be the news that the market opens with on Monday. Um, because it could easily become um, a contagion where other regional banks, so there's kind of the two big to fail banks, the, the biggest recognition banks that we understand are deemed integral to our financial system, at least based on decisions made in 2008 and 2009 and since. Um, but then there's a ton of banks that, you know, we just know locally or in our regions. Um, and so the concern was that deposits would be pulled from banks like that and also pressure on their stocks. So the uh, government entities came out and announced that they would they would not save the companies. The people who own stock in these companies, the people who own bonds in Silicon Valley Bank, they are not feeling happy today. But the depositors, the people who would cash in that system, would be able to have a way to access that cash back and not have to wait around to see if they got pennies on the dollar. The depositors are being backed up by the Fed, the Treasury, FDIC. The shareholders, the equity holders in these banks are not being bailed out. 
Right. And even, you know, there was news that the CEO of SVB had sold stock recently. TBD, whether that was knowing this, you know, that there may be instability and there were bonuses issued last week, there is already legislation to attempt to claw that back. So this is not a, hey, let's give you a cushy landing if you were for better or worse, um, because, you know, not everybody was involved in the risk management of the bank. Um, we, I have a friend who's a financial advisor who had a client who was employed by Silicon Valley Bank. We had clients who were depositors. Um, so, you know, uh, that does not end the pain for the employees, the executives, and the shareholders or bondholders. But it does mean that the banking system is functioning as one would expect it to so that there can be a reduction in the risk of banks that could be deemed suspect because they are relationally similar to the banks that have gone under. That makes a lot of sense. We should, we kind of stay out of the weeds of the technical side of things. I hope that people are understanding a little more about what's going on because it it does impact you know, this is where we deposit our paychecks and things like that. Yeah, no, everybody is wondering if this is going to be a contagion in the financial system and if it's going to affect their banks and some of the larger banks. So I think it's really important that the Fed and FDIC have put in some pretty strong backstops. Um, they actually created a loan facility called the Bank Term Lending Program. Again, it seems at least today the market was down and then back up and end of the day kind of flat, but some of the more regional banks have taken a hit. So overall, we'll have to wait and see and keep on top of how this all unfolds. But certainly, I don't see a situation where there would need to be additional hysteria or taking money out of your bank or anything of that nature. You know, what we've witnessed over the last year is a change in regime. So for most of my career, which this is my 25th year in financial services and financial planning, we've had a secular bull market for bonds. So bonds have, their interest rate went lower and lower over time. And that resulted in investors of bonds essentially having kind of a benevolent environment where it was easier to borrow year over year. And um, you didn't have the hit of rising interest rates on returns for bonds. And last year just shook that up. Now, as a part of that, inflation became very high. And so the Federal Reserve has been relentless in trying to defeat inflation. And what we were expecting as late as Wednesday, based on Jerome Powell's testimony um, to Congress, was that we would be getting another half percent increase in the federal funds rate. Um, so another rate rise and a pretty aggressive one. That's what the forecast was. And just 48 hours later, we have a bank failure. And in fact, you know, this is kind of one of the things that the Fed's not hoping to orchestrate a particular crisis, but this is, you know, one of the kind of fracturing of the system of that super strong economy and inflation um, that may give the Fed pause. We're not making a prediction, but the way that markets traded early this week were a completely new regime. So we may have kind of slowed down those rate rises because the system is starting to show that it's feeling the pressure. And I think we're in a new investing regime. So it's been a long time since we could find yield. 
we've been talking so much about interest rates for even your cash deposits. We have been talking about FDIC insurance. We've even been thinking about certificates of deposit, CDs. So I think it's just a time to be learning different and new things. And certainly the market in the short term always keeps things interesting. I was thinking, Melissa, this podcast was born out of the bear market that came from the initial pandemic. And that was three years ago. Three years ago this week, we entered bear market territory. In just the span of a month, the market was down 20% because of this novel virus, the coronavirus. So, you know, there's always something interesting to be learned. It feels very dramatic in the moment. And then with the passage of time, you know, kind of the weight of investing or the, you know, kind of gambling of short-term investments tends to weigh in. Yes, absolutely. And that is interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember during that time when we first launched a podcast, that it seemed like every week there was new information that we had to get out and share with our listeners and um, different legislation. And it's been a while since we've had this kind of topic needing to get out in a timely fashion, but I'm happy to be back at it again with you and and sharing with our listeners. Uh, Maybe we should mention too, we're going to be starting season four of 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom. Can you believe that? Season four already? Behind the scenes, you are the one who keeps our podcast publishing week in, week out. So I can't wait for season four. I also can't predict what kind of wild scenarios we'll have to talk about next. What I can ensure you of is that we love the opportunity to talk markets. We'd love if you have episode ideas or things that you'd love to hear about. We'd love to hear your feedback. Whatever's in store for us, we're ready. We'll we'll be ready to chat about it. Yes, we are ready to break it down and share our thoughts on it. So thank you, Melissa. I really appreciate you taking the time to record this podcast with me and share with our listeners. And as always, if you found this episode helpful and maybe you have friends or family members that have asked about the current situation with these bank failures, and we love when you share our podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.